0: Hello and welcome to Recruiting in Hospitality from Caterer.com. I'm Lancelot Narayan and in each programme we invite top industry professionals to discuss recruitment, development and retention as well as issues affecting you and your teams. On November 20th, Caterer.com revealed the results of their recent survey surrounding the employment of untapped talent, ex-offenders, veterans and the homeless. Nearly 100 industry professionals attended the presentation at the Soho Hotel Greg Mangum opened the event with a talk about the work of Only a Pavement Away. In this supplemental edition of Recruiting and Hospitality, we bring you a recording of the subsequent discussion panel. We discussed why hospitality employees should consider recruiting from these groups, what support is available for employers and employees, what are the benefits of recruiting from these groups, and how can employers get involved. I'd like to uh, ask you to introduce yourselves to, to our audience. <laughs>
1: Hello, I'm Abby. I am head of recruitment at Young's
2: Clubs. Hi, I'm Mel. I uh, I'm the HR manager for Yo Group based in Felixstowe. Too much Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bella. Um, I'm an assistant recruitment manager at Honest
3: Burgers and I like manage the employment partnerships. I'm Alex, and
4: I own and run Social Pantry, which is um, an events company. Um, and ten percent of our workforce are ex-offenders.
5: I think we've met, yeah. and uh, thank, you, thank, thank you for staying in the room while I was talking.
0: Greg, thanks for that great presentation just now. Uh, it's It really is an eye-opener for those who, who don't know. I mean, you ended it with, you know, why not? Uh, ask anyone in this room, hospitality employers have got enough to be getting on with. I mean, just look at them. I mean, the hopelessness in their eyes. But,
5: but seriously... But I've given uh, them a bit of respite. They yeah, like, can I wake so. up in a minute, yeah. I
0: hope so. But, 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 in, but in truth, uh, attracting, recruiting and keeping hold of those people is a non-stop job. You say why not, but what, what would make an employer decide to hire from this, and, 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 a, and a mainly untried uh, talent pool as well? Uh, uh, why
5: would you do this? Where, where do you get a free jobs board? Where does it not, not cost you anything? Where do you get an applicant? Use, where, use the mic. Sorry. <laughs> where do you get a free jobs board? Uh, where do you get a, an applicant where you know more about than you would normally? Where do you get an applicant who, if they can't afford to pay their rent, doesn't have to borrow the money, but has resource to financial um, help? And if you're an employer who's concerned about doing this, then why would you do it? you Talk to this panel here uh, and to Gauchos and the Ivy Collection and the other employers in the room who have done it and proved it's a success. But it, you know, they, these people will fall over. We've, we've had a guy go back to the games because he was offered £1,000 a week rather than £10 an hour. But you've got other people working with you who will go and do things if they think the money's better.
0: Uh, Alex, you've got you know you've got you come from a slightly different uh, angle on this. Can you tell us a bit about you know how you got started?
4: Yeah, um, so I, um, I'm a small business, and four years ago I employed my first ex-offender, and I did it through a charity as well. So often I'm asked kind of how how did I start, and anybody wanting to do, it, I always say get in touch with the charity. They are fantastic. There's kind of three of you in the relationship. <laughs> For me, it's ex-offenders that I employ. So there's the ex-offender, there's the charity, and then there was myself. So I think I took on my first sex offender and I had kind of 12 employees um, and he's now worked for me for four years um, and it's been really successful. Um, it hasn't always been the smoothest, but it's been a success story for sure. And having that charity initially, and uh, I suppose it gave me um, a bit of reassurance. I had a go to when you know when C. H. kind of didn't turn up, or if I was worried about him or concerned, um, or wanted to kind of you know change his rotor or increase his workload. He started off doing a couple of days a week, and actually he responded better when he was doing five days a week. So at the beginning, I had the charity as a sounding board, and they totally guided me through it. And that's exactly. Why these charities are so fantastic? They are, you know, they tap into that that untapped that that pool. They tell you how to do it and they support you through it. Um, so it's so incredibly simple and you've got a brilliant charity um to work with.
0: Guys, you you work with uh, only paving away. What's your experience been like? How have you found the process? <laughs> <Go> on, Bella.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty. Easy, pretty simple, really.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I mean... You're uh, going to have to tell the
3: trades <laughs> It's been bloody fabulous. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, the processes, the logistics have so been easy and simple. Um, but, yeah, it's been really, really useful. So I'm kind of mailing contact with Greg and Izzy uh logistics wise you know izzy will kind of send out candidates as also the jobs board as well and then kind of normally how i approach it i'll kind of contact that uh, charity or kind of contact izzy and then contact the charity have a chat uh meet the person that's how i kind of like to do it meet the yeah. person first and it's really by a case by case basis uh And kind of go from there and then there's also kind of ongoing support like Greg's mentioned there's like ongoing support and then also from an employer's side uh we kind of do check-ins and kind of we have our own framework of support but then also knowing that only a pavement away are there um and the charity are there um is really really helpful for us so yeah it's been really really
0: positive essentially yeah terrific now i just want to just concentrate on the support for employers at the moment what kind of support is there i mean Bella's touched on it there. but even after someone's been employed for you and for people here are thinking of starting doing this,
2: mm-hmm.
0: what support is there for employers?
2: Through only a pavement yeah. away. Uh, so I think so Greg mentioned we, we had uh, someone who was saggy who didn't work out um, but the, the support <coughs> that we had through only a pavement away through crisis was just fantastic. The prepper was on the phone. Almost twenty four seven, offering advice and just cheerleading, and and it was just it was it was it was lovely. It was invaluable. Um, and yes, it was it was sad that it didn't work out, but 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 the support was definitely definitely there. And because we'd flown solo, I think sort of similar to you, mm. we had um, ex offenders that we've worked with for the past ten years. <coughs> you know, working with only a pavement ways has actually made the process so much cleaner and supported.
0: Good. Good. Well, I mean, what, what for on the other side of the coin, what support is there available for employees for the people that you do hire? Um, I mean, I mean, these are, we, you know, can't get away from it. These are vulnerable people. Is that support continuous? Uh, does it? You know, does it have to be adapted to what you usually do? Does it have to be adapted for these people in particular? How does that work?
1: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I think in general the charities all offer, like, a 12-month support. Right. Was um, I was going to ask Greg Okay, you go, think,
0: go, you go, go on. Yeah, that,
1: that's the general rule, but they're never going to actually stop at 12 months if, if something yeah. goes wrong after that, and none of them would. Um, <coughs> and so so when generally for me, like, when an employee comes in... Um, I will, depending on their background, um, we'll meet them first and do a bit of a screening and then pass them on to the general manager because I think it's important at the beginning of the process, we've got to get buy-in and hope it's working for like the company. So they've got me um, as a kind of just out of their um, business support. Um, tend to be like oh, after two months they just they don't need me anymore right. um, <laughs> once they're like in but then the general managers obviously all know their background um so they are kind of aware of it they don't treat many differently um but they they have knowledge of it and then they don't tell the rest of the team it's up to that person if they tell the rest of the team right of them do, all of them don't. but then from the charities they've always got them who are checking and i think they do a two-week check-in is yeah that right? yeah they do a two week check with,
0: in with them every week as well. I wanted to t- want to touch on that actually because you know it, we're talking about employee employer relations, but you've got people you've already employed. If issues do arise between employees when they do find out, or if someone has a problem, I mean, how, how is that overcome, and do you have to do you have to do extra training? Is that is that something that's necessary?
1: you mean sorry, i go again, with the employees?
0: Yeah.
1: So, um, not necessarily extra training. What I have found with quite a few people is that um, they might not have never worked, ever worked before. Um, so the things that um, you would maybe assume that they're gonna find obvious, like turning up to work on time, or calling you in advance if they need a day off, mm-hmm. or if you're sick, or if something happens, letting you know that communication doesn't necessarily come naturally to them, Um, and then turning up to work late, like I grew up, um, being taught that you shouldn't be late, but they haven't necessarily had that. Um, So I think um, it's not really been a problem, but I think it is something that um, you shouldn't take for granted that they know. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Just to add so to that, that we saw that stat earlier
4: that 100% of employees want to work with ex-offenders. <laughs> I honestly cannot express how brilliant my team had been from the beginning when I first started employing ex-offenders. So I obviously kind of sat down with my quite small team and said, this is what we're going to do. Now people join Social Pantry and... You might not know that they're an ex-offender, it stands to that person to disclose it or not. Um but yeah you definitely have to offer lots of support and that's totally true. But honestly the cohesion and the support that the employees give internally to these ex offenders is 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 fantastic. It's so morale boosting to see. Um, but they they do need to have an understanding of, of what these guys will find challenging that they maybe haven't. So turning up to work on time maintaining a travel card.
0: Um, have, you had, have you had to do extra training for your yeah, existing employees? Yeah, we kind of learned sorry.
4: that after a few, you know, after we maybe didn't get that right, we kind of learnt that actually training the managers. I now take my senior team into prison every three to six months, so they understand, you know, the environment that the guys have come out of. For us, we've got non-shouty kitchens just because that's a disaster anyway. But, um, you know, you can't have a guy coming out of a shouty prison going into a shouty kitchen. like That's just not conducive for anything. Um, so those egos can sod off. Um, but, yeah, our chefs, so it's a really calm environment that they're in. But once my senior team kind of have been and done a day in a prison and understood it, they then had a really different understanding and appreciation of what these sometimes quite young people guys have been through or sometimes that some of the guys have spent 15 years behind bars have been through so they've kind of seen that situation and they were just slightly more forgiving I suppose to when they are turning up a bit late but we've now got an internal process of how to handle it and how we can kind of approach it but the cohesion within the team is you guys should not be worried about that at all I, I really would I would really say that
0: Is that how you found it as well? Have you found have you had similar um, issues or are, are you, have there been hiccups along the way?
2: We've Definitely had hiccups Um, and I think uh, like I said, you know, we started working with um, a local prison kind of ten years ago And because we didn't have the support of only a payment away or a charity, we just muddled along uh, Definitely learned some hard lessons Um, But now I think because we have been doing it for so long, it's it's just it's normal, it's accepted Uh, We occasionally get an angry parent or I get an angry parent on the phone saying, what are you doing? Um, you know, my my child is in danger, and you just you just you know you talk you talk it through, and you just make it normal. Um, and I think, as you said, you know, you 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 talk to your team, and you get them on board, and 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 get some empathy. And it's and but otherwise, it's just normal recruitment. There's nothing different. Yeah.
0: Greg, I just what sorry.
3: No, wait, no, wait. it's just off the. Off the back of literally what you just said it's just normal recruitment like we've had problems i'm sure all of us in this room yeah. have had problems with lateness yes. had problems with people not turning up to shifts having problems with things like that uh family problems you know financial <laughs> problems this isn't just from vulnerable groups even though we need to be empathetic and aware this is like a problem kind of across just the world in society that we need to be empathetic of um, people within our communities and care so i think okay. it's yeah you need to be aware and empathetic but then also uh, it, it kind of rationalise and normalise the fact that um, these are problems facing kind of everyone um, a lot of the time. Someone has some history or past of
0: yeah. a lot of these issues. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Greg, I'd like. Go on. It's not a difficult question, promise. <laughs> I promised I wouldn't do that. Um, can you go into a bit of detail about the 12 month support package? Can you tell us what it entails, what there is available?
5: I think you. Just, just quickly first. Sure. We did have a an employer who verged on to sympathy rather than empathy. So rather than this guy in a suit turn up who's formed a charity, then I just ring round and sort of said to Abby, can you spare an hour? So we have one employer we will go and talk to another employer and say, this is what you should do. And I think he got that person back on track. And funny enough, that employer turned around and said, if this member has got an issue, they actually allowed him to have sick rather than having to send them home all the time. Uh, and that lady's still with them. And I, and I think what Alex said as well is, there's nothing can beat going into a prison. Going into a prison, seeing where they stand, or the women stand, going into a cell and having the door locked, and, and then meeting people who tell you from the kitchen, if you've got a kettle, you can cook anything. Yeah. Now, we yeah. met the guy who cooks lamb shanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you go into uh, HMP Leeds, uh, and they've got massive kitchens there. And then suddenly you meet people and they think, why are you in prison? One guy said, "Just said to me, you know, wrong age, wrong, wrong background, wrong housing estate, bad parents in a school that Austin would have closed." He said, "When I was born, Greg, they should have just put me in Wandsworth for three years and got it out of my system." He said, "That's what they should have done." He said, but "I've been in, I've been out, and I don't want to go back in again." So I think it's important that if any of you do, then then like Alex does, we we do sort of. Almost like prison tours, really. You know, so if you don't want to go to Chessington for the week, you bring your family to HMPDs or ICs. Um and, and we've actually got a situation where we said, that, you know, if he's turned up and he may not have turned up, we found a pastry chef uh, in a prison a couple of weeks ago who's just been released, uh, and whoever gets him. He, he, was, he was fantastic. His food was to die for, which, which explains the rotundness really. So I tend to eat in prisons a lot lately. Um, the 12-month support is based on the fact that we only work with charities who can offer either a 6- or 12-month support. That's what they have to do. And what happens then is if Betty or Bob seem to be having a problem and they're asking to borrow money or they're looking dishevelled or they're mixing with the wrong group again, then the employer just rings the jobs broker or support worker at the charity from whence they came. And they will speak to them. And they might turn around and say, I don't really want to be a commie chef in X establishment. So they will say, right, OK, we'll just resign. So again, as employers, you're protected. You're not all over the tabloid saying X company sacks homeless person or ex offender. It might be that they want to do a different job so we can move them or they're finding it too, too much. Uh, it might be that if they've got financial difficulties and can't pay their rent or want to re-engage with their family, we can get that money through to them within five days. We will pay a rent deposit. We will pay off someone's rent. So we have a guy at the moment who was down £700 on his rent, crisis have paid that, and we pay in the next month. And that keeps him in employment. Uh, because you have to realise that, like Abby said, you know, that the, these people that are coming from, that these, these folks have, have got no regimentation at all. They don't understand the work in life. If you're in prison, someone knocks on your door, light goes on, and you get up. You're in the military, then you go on parade. You're homeless, it's when the hostel kicks you out or when it's safe or when you think people might be able to donate and give you food and drink for the day. But that support lasts 12 months. And so far, we haven't had to use it very often. But we've paid in the past year £8,000 in grants. That's what we've given. And we do, you know, through hospitality action, And we give fridges and freezers. Uh, we, were, we were talking earlier as well about if you've got a room somewhere that's remote, we've actually bought someone a bike so they can cycle to work. I mean, they wanted to cycle. We didn't make them cycling. They, they, they said, I don't mind cycling to work, so we bought them a bike. I don't know what the bloody bike looks like, but they're there. So it, it's, it's a great support package. But I think, I think like all, everybody says and like Alex says, you know, you have that recourse. You don't have to deal with something that you don't understand. And that's why we don't train. We don't meet them at the gates. We don't counsel them. We go to the experts.
0: Um, these messages you're, you're giving out are very positive. Are there any blockers that you found? Are there um, considerations around hiring from these groups?
4: Yeah, but for me, with the younger guys coming out of prison, it's um, it's making their job so much more worthwhile than the money they're going to make from drug dealing. That is the reality of it. So if we're paying kind of London living wage, or you know, around about that point. Um, It's making the team environment um, so kind of conducive to, like, that needs to be so fantastic that they're part of a team and they love coming to work. That has to be so much more rewarding than the actual financial package they're getting because some of these boys have made some serious wedge. Um, and they've done a little bit of time in prison and actually I mean I'm talking about hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds a year and you know so you come out and they think great I'm going to st- stick on the street now and this is fantastic and then week four week five they think oh is this real life god okay this is work so it's it's and, you know it's giving them more than just a pay packet it's that recognition it's um, that reward it's you know them realizing there's potential for them to grow within your company um, we kind of buddy them up with someone at work. So lots of my team want to kind of mentor, we're such a bit of buddy. So that first month, I go for coffee with them, and then kind of once a month, they have just have to kind of go for coffee, really. So they kind of develop a slight friendship with somebody in a different department. But you need to ultimately offer. I, I found anyway that I need, I've needed to offer more than just a stable job at, at most points, and especially for these younger guys who can go off and make quite quite a you know good bit of money, and actually you know have been through the prison system or in and out of care homes, in and out of prison. So it's not an intimidating environment to them, but it's building, I suppose, the culture around the job as, as well as just the pay packet.
0: Do you find that's something that all employers can do? Do you, do you find you can, you've can, you got the people that can do that easily, that can provide that empathy and be more than just an employer? Um, yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um so I think I'm always quite um careful when I'm um linking a uh friend or, or whoever with a pub just to make sure they're going into um a team that's maybe quite settled. I've got two hundred to choose from. Um so I might know that, you know, somewhere doesn't have a, a general manager at the moment or somewhere a bit this and that. So um and I have also, I think, specific general managers um that have um a really, really good buy into this. Mm. Um so that is where they are going to be most successful.
0: That's all important, isn't it? You you must have your existing staff must have that that yeah. buy in. That's the yeah,
1: yeah, hugely. Um and when I I have to say when I first suggested it to um my company, um I kind of went by sort uh, of Ops managers who look after areas of the pubs, and some of them just said no, and some of them were like, Yeah, great. So, that was obviously then my job to write the ones that said no, we're going to be saying yes in six months. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Have, have, and, you, have you worked through that? Uh, Prove to them that they're wrong and I'm <laughs> right. Right. <Yeah. laughs> I like that, yeah. yeah. Like um, that. And, and you, have to, you have to be quite careful because. Um, you know, that's why at the beginning I, I met them all first and, and like you're saying with ex-offenders, they're, they're making loads of money. Um, so, you know, straightforward questions, what is going to stop you going back to doing that? Um, you, you've got to be quite to the point. Um, and I always um, do that process before I put them to a, a general manager um, who's then going to employ them. So um, the kind of like um, screening process to begin with. Obviously, there's no guarantee after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've, we've, we've been really successful, I have to say. And I'm not saying that every person has um, remained with us um, long term, but it's not always about that. I think hospitality is a fluid industry in general. It could be people. Could yeah. Be. yeah. So if it is that, you know, people um, have stayed for three months and kind of um, done a good job for us and, and given themselves the step up they need to, to get to the next place, then so be it, that's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been really good. Good.
0: Alex? Yeah. Tell us about Keel. Oh, Carl. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, oh, is that current. how you say he, it? Kyle. Yeah, I'm sorry.
4: I'm um, Carl's great. He's only started with us recently in May. So he's um, uh, he came out of Bad Boys Bakery in Brixton Prison um in May, but um, I kind of ha- hadn't paid a huge, huge amount of attention really to what he'd done or how many times he'd been in prison. We're more about kind of they've done their crime, they've done their time, and then we kind of we're all about looking ahead. So um. I was just having kind of staff lunch with Carl and he was explaining that he'd been in and out of prison. He's now 32 and he'd been in and out since he was 19 um, and nobody had offered him a offered him a job at all um, uh, throughout his kind of um, stints in and out of prison. And it was mainly for robbery um, and uh, GBH, um, just from where he kind of couldn't really handle alcohol. So he now doesn't drink, which is fantastic. Um, But he, I went in to do a day in Bad Boys Bakery in Brixton and kind of cooked with them. Um, And on release, he got in touch with Social Pantry. So the mentor there is Bad Boys Bakery, actually. So kind of Malcolm from Bad Boys um, is kind of the third person in our triangular search. And he, you know, so Malcolm phoned and said, Carl's going to get in touch. You know, he remembers you coming in. So he started with us in May. And he's, uh, we've worked around him to be really flexible. So we've worked around his tag times. And um, we've worked around his probation as well as probation meetings. So he started off doing two days in the cafe and two days in my production unit. And now he does four days at my production unit. And it actually just works a bit better for him at the production unit because we had a change in management at the cafe. And the structure is slightly bigger, there's a bit more hierarchy at the production unit. And he responded better to that environment rather than the cafe. Um, So he's now doing four days a week. He's got four children. He hasn't drunk for a couple of years now, which is great, um, but we kind of wouldn't really be involved in that anyway. But um, I was just, I suppose, kind of um, quite shocked that he he hadn't ever been offered a job and it was just down to kind of, you know his criminal past I suppose and so he's loving it and he's about to start some qualifications with us and he actually approached me and asked if he could do some qualifications while at social pantry no one ever asks that so <laughs> I was like incredible yeah sure I'll work out how we do that And uh, I'll you. Uh, so, so actually, he's just a really good he's really nice guys he's, he's really fantastic um, and I yeah I'm just really kind of proud of him and, and good for him and he started and no one really assumes he's an ex-offender and he's you know he's now part of the team and and doing really well, so it's great.
0: Terrific, terrific. Can you give us some case studies, uh, guys, about some interesting ones that maybe haven't always worked out? I've got positive ones. Yeah. Got, yeah. I, I, I know, I know, ones. that's good, but some we <laughs> want everyone to have their eyes open and just go into this, because sometimes, it could be with anybody, with any uh, uh, candidate, that things might not go wrong, but, you know, but, but yeah, do. If you want to tell a positive story, do. but. It'll be good to have a, 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 an overview of everything.
3: I mean, I've got like, probably, obviously, yeah, like any candidate, you're going to have, you know, people who are kind of carrying with you for a long time, people who are, for a bit less. Uh, positives, I mean, we've got, uh, we've worked with a few other organisations, Working Chance being one of them, and we've got uh, four female ex-offenders who are in management positions now with us. they right. uh, been with us for between a year and two years. Um one of them's working towards uh being a head chef and her uh, aim is to be an area kind of support chef. Um and we're yeah, helping her out on that journey. And uh, she's and also extremely you gain very loyal um employees um who are completely massive culture ambassadors for honest. Um so that's something that's been amazing. Um and also openly speak about their experiences if they want to. Um, but this particular um, employee is very open and does a lot of kind of public speaking about her experiences to encourage kind of others who may be in a similar position. Um, and then I guess, yeah, you're always going to have your mix of, you know, good experiences, bad experiences. I mean, we've had a couple of candidates, yeah, who haven't maybe worked out for the long term. Retention is actually on average uh, at higher still. <laughs> so uh, or for longer periods of time. So that has been quite positive. But I guess um, there's not really been anything particularly you know you know outrageous but it's just kind of the, the normal kind of maybe issues and then I would you know lateness not coming to work or kind of maybe something around performance um, I would always kind of contact the charity first and we have had that happen I would always go to the charity first the job coach um, and kind of encourage the GM to manage it in a sensitive way but maybe um, also kind of hold out for the job coach opinion um, or the charity's opinion. Um, and just kind of keep people notified in a communication loop, keep talking, uh, see if there's anything we can do. Something we have done is offer financial advice as well uh, for people maybe who have been struggling with their finances. Uh, we have a wonderful woman in accounts who uh, is really passionate and is, yeah, we're kind of starting to do that a bit more formally
0: now. It's all important, is
3: it? Yeah, really it's across the board, you know, and that's for everyone. And that's actually something we're doing now, rolling out across the whole uh, of Honest is financial advice, mental health and wellbeing. We've partnered with Hospitality Action. so. This is across the whole company as well as for those vulnerable groups, but yeah, just communication has been really important with any barriers that we may have faced in situations that haven't gone well. Just communicating, making sure the person's safe, safeguarding, like that's really important for me.
2: So, that's yeah. yeah, Uh So our sort of our, our kind of our sad story. Um, beginning of this year, we had a guy through crisis um, who who had some pretty. Hefty demons that he was he was dealing with. So, um, uh, so he, he did have a problem with alcohol. When he came to us, he was he seemed absolutely fine. Um, I live in a relatively small town, so unfortunately for him, the day he called in sick, uh, I was walking up to one of our other sites and I could see this man sort of staggering in front of me. I thought, oh god, I know who that is. Uh, we gave him one more chance, but unfortunately, it just didn't work out. Um, but, but as I said before, you know, the support was, was really amazing. Um, but, you know, you, you, you pick yourself up and dust yourself down and you, and you keep going. Um, we've been like We've had so many success stories. Uh, one of our original um, uh, ex-offenders, uh, he first came to us uh, on a grottal basis. Um, he, was, he started in pot wash. Uh, he then worked his way up, ended up as pastry chef. And he got married last month to uh, one of our waitresses. There were so many staff there. It was just oh. absolutely <laughs> incredible. Um, so that's, 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 that's the one you hang on to, not the negatives. It's because, like I said, it's just recruitment. It's no different. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Abby, what are the benefits of doing this? What, what, what have you gained personally by starting this whole journey?
1: Um, the benefits of doing it. The, the, firstly, I just think both it's the, the
0: bottom line and yeah. you
1: know, you know. Bottom line is it's the right thing to do. Um, it um, is another avenue that we can use. It's not necessarily going to solve hospitality's recruitment problem, um, but I think a, a big benefit for us is that um, our people like to help people, right? We all employ nice people in our companies, or, or aim to. Um, and uh, they actually find it, my managers find it really rewarding. Um, and, I mean, the, the biggest benefit is um, going to be for the person that, that gets that job. Um, because if we're all in a position where we're thinking, yes, let's let's take a chance, because that's all they're asking for is a chance. Um, and, you know, that there is cases where um, it, it doesn't work. Um, and that then you have to cut your losses because you can't treat them any differently to anyone else But giving them a chance is, is the fair thing to do um, And they get their life back on track. That's the, that's the biggest benefit and, and we've helped do that and, and hopefully um, They will because you, us as a company which I me has given them that chance they um, could well become kind of one of your most loyal employees um, and we all have, I think, in hospitality, lots of entry-level positions where people can grow into general managers. Um, and I've got one at the moment, he's my, my aim, I'm aiming for him <laughs> to be my first GM. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, Loyal, um, hopefully we upskill them and great workforce. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm going to take some questions from the audience now. I think it's a couple of microphones wafting around. Um, anybody want to start us off? Don't be shy over there can you say your name where you're from and uh thank you very much hello it's uh, mark taylor i'm the hr director at the royal hospital chelsea which is the home of the chelsea pensioners Uh, and we employ quite a few ex forces in our staff as well as looking after 300 military veterans my question to greg would be if we were to look at this we've got areas that we have to have dbs checks done we've got vulnerable people old people pensioners if we were to look at this as an option it would probably be more aimed towards ex-forces or maybe homeless because of the actual concerns over uh, ex-offenders would that be a concern
6: or problem for you
5: no no at all we 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 have one employer who solely wants to concentrate on ex-offenders we've got someone else who's saying no, they want to be focused on homeless so it's whatever the way we work is, is total democracy really we're not going to exclude one group because someone would rather concentrate on them than someone else. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd love to catch up with you because we're trying to break into the, the veterans cycle. Um, and I, I can see why now. If anybody invaded this country, they'd never get into the MOD because I can't. Um, <laughs> but to answer your question is we yeah if, if you want to take homeless or veterans then we would yeah that's fine by us.
0: Yeah, no, I think it was a great presentation, it really opened my eyes to a few things. The statistics that you provided for us, with the 48% being unemployed after six months. It's quite scary to think that for an ex-service person, but I understand that's where it could be, so thanks for that. Anybody else? Oh, hello. hello. I know you.
7: Yeah. Can you say your name
0: and where you're from, please? Me again, Kathy. Uh,
7: yeah, yes. Kathy Diable from k <laughs> Um I'm just... Thinking about how, when you've got the will to do this, and we can all see the reasons why it would be a good idea, who do you need to take that to internally? Is there an upwards level of communication that needs to be made? Obviously it's different if you run your own company, but within HR or at board level, to convince individuals that this is the right thing to do for the business as a whole? And and if there is, then can you give some tips to the audience on how that should be done?
2: so uh, so i report to the two owners um, and they are they appear slightly chalk and cheese in terms of how their views on this um, it, it, it it's a bit of a hard sell sometimes i'm not going to lie but i think again it's just recruitment and and the i, I can't remember who said it but but you you, you get a warts and all account of 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 the, the, the people that come through only a pavement away, whereas you don't with you know, all your other applicants. So, actually, we're, we're in a better position, we're better educated, um, and and the effect, as, as, as you were saying, the effect it has on the, the existing staff, that's the sell. that's the, if, if it's not just the recruitment, if it's not just the uh, the successful placement of a candidate, it's also the fact that, as you said, you know, people love teaching and helping, so, that's a that's a great benefit so, so that's what I focus on um and when I'm talking to the, the, the owner who's slightly uh uh old-fashioned <laughs> yes <laughs> um I, I would perhaps skip over the, the, the slightly less savory aspects and, and talk about the positives so yeah
7: so from a commercial point of view, obviously we, we shared some, st- sorry. No, no, no. Was it, yeah. um, from a statistical point of view, we could see that it makes commercial sense. But is it that you have to use that kind of terminology to s- the CEO or the MD to try and convince that it's the right thing to do mm-hmm. rather than it's emotionally or CSR the right thing to do?
3: I think I think it's quite important not to see it as like a box checking exercise as well yeah. from like particularly like our perspective like it's never been that it's never been like a big CSR focus it's always been we hire good people and there's great people in this talent pool and it's a talent pool that is not being tapped into massively mm-hmm. so yeah you do I think I'm quite lucky like I think we've got a lot of senior stakeholders like our two founders are just like see it Tom and Phil they're very much like look these are great people like, why, why not, basically? Um, and that's kind of really important to us. Yeah. So I think, yeah. yeah. Also,
4: also um, if you meet them, honestly, if you met a couple of guys that I employ today, you'd be so impressed by them. They're driven and motivated and loyal, but they're so charismatic and they're often quite funny. Um, they're pretty switched on. So if you were to present, I'm sure as soon as your boss is going kind to of meet these guys, you know, it's, it's such a game changer. You kind of think, hey, well, why wouldn't I give you a chance? Of course, of course, you know, God, I've had plenty, mm-hmm. come on in, go for it, it's yours to take. If you want to f*** it up from then on in, you know, we'll help you as so far as we can, but, you know, I've worked hard, so I expect you, two to, you to work hard as well, but, you know, go for it, as soon as you yeah. meet these guys or girls, it's, you know, they really are, like, that's the most empowering bit for me, is as soon as myself meet them or engage with them or meet them behind bars, you know, or on release, or, it's great.
5: I think the one thing that epitomises hospitality is that all the people that we were, all the employers we work with, have all been told, look, we trust you. The amount of chief executive MDs I haven't met is probably 90% of our employers. They've all said to their heads of recruitment, their HR directors, we trust you. This is hospitality. You've got the entrepreneurship and the autonomy to go and do it. And I think, like like Alex says, it's once you meet them they've they're all got so much to offer and they're really good but all you have to do is don't do sympathy do empathy because they're just like everybody else and that's what they want to be treated as um and i, and I think that when you look at them like the homeless people one homeless guy said to me was before you started this you noticed me now you see me and that's the big difference and the amount of people i've spoken to have said i now see the amount of homeless people I now actually hear about ex-offenders going into work and I think once you meet them they're just like us but they turn left and we turn right and as I said to you at the beginning you know I don't think I was very far from turning left.
0: Any other questions from the floor? Yeah, thank you. Hi,
5: I'm
0: Alex, I'm group recruitment
4: and talent manager for Linwood, and my question is to Alex actually. Um, you said something about having a calm environment to be in that worked better for you and not being in a shanty kitchen. Is that something that you would say works better? Do do these type of roles lean themselves better to the calmer environments? Obviously, you know, we all know service. We know it can be quite stressful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it was a couple of years in when I realised that actually this workplace that one of the ex-offenders was working in was the nicest most welcoming and kind of homely place he had so he was in a bail hostel and again care homes go home prison to prison and actually this was the you know this was the place where he felt totally relaxed he didn't have gang members you know he wasn't worried about gangs or you know all sorts of issues that he was facing outside of work so we've got a very kind of um i suppose it's all quite accessible so he had kind of a buddy he knows who to speak to if he's got a question about his pay or holiday or slip or anything like that he kind of had a go-to so making everything very accessible for them I, I think is important but for me like just god growing up in kitchens being chastised at i just got the worst reaction out of me so I just I just think that's you know ex-offenders or not that's it's just never gonna never gonna be a conducive environment to kind of a motivated workforce that work as a team so all of my kind of head chefs my exec chef we've got a real of nurturing culture i mean they work incredibly hard it's you know it's pretty fast paced there's no doubt about it um it's it's definitely intense so it demands a lot of them but we can totally do that in a way that is caring understanding flexible um that can be all sorts of just an understanding of what they're going through outside of work flexible rotors flexible hours um so yeah i think providing an, an environment where they feel incredibly comfortable is really important and um prison is 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 pretty tough so and then that ultimately yeah it isn't going to get the, you're not going to get the best out of them in that environment so there's no way that a shouty kitchen or a head chef shouting at and and having no understanding of their background or what they're going through or what they're overcoming to actually get to work would be, I I assume that would mean it's highly unlikely to work out as an employment. But I'm pretty strict with these guys. I learned that the hard way. I was so forgiving at first, and oh, God, had every excuse in the book. Um, And now I'm pretty firm with them. So, you know, we've all worked hard to get to where we are. So it's their turn to work hard as well. And when they work hard, the the team, you know, the, the team love them and they're part of that brilliant team and they'll get the results that they want.
0: Any other questions? Oh
2: hi, hi Sarah Hammond from Sweet Potato Group. Um, I've got a question for Greg. Out of those that you've placed, um, what's the split between male and female? I just was interested to know.
5: Oh, on the homeless front, it's about seventy five percent male to twenty five percent female. Uh, on the ex offenders, it's it's male, right. uh, and that has been very much that we haven't going to say broken into. We haven't got into the female prisons yet, because <laughs> uh, there are less female prisons, but. We're actually at the moment just about to place a lady from HM Peterborough uh, into a job with a, uh, one of the major pub companies. But we really do, you know, it, it's just what candidates are pushed forward. Uh, what we do tend to find through the charities is you'll talk to them and you'll go to recruitment fairs and you'll be up against the likes of Costain and Macau Pines. And oh, God, you know, once you start saying to her, though, do they offer you shares? Do they give you a pension? Do they give you a meal on duty? Or do they just give you jackboots and work in the cold? Oh, well, no, we don't get that. And you get a team environment. You get a chance of promotion. You got, are you just on a fixed-term contract? Mm. Uh, well, come to us then. Come to hospitality, because we're fun. We give you all these things, and we give you a career. We don't stick you on a building site for six months in the freezing cold. <coughs> uh, and, and then once we go to these recruitment fairs, we did it in prison as well. We got a chef to come in and show me how to make a pizza and things like that. And suddenly, the guy from McAlpine's come to me and said... I just lost my recruitment.
7: because <laughs> they're all turning
5: around and saying, can, you take, can we learn how to make pizzas? Is it's fun. And once you lure them in and you seduce them, you've got them. And you get rid of that stigma of what hospitality is. But yeah, we would like that, that's our target, is to get an even balance.
0: The audience were also asked if there were any blockers preventing employers from recruiting from these groups.
5: Uh,
4: so we are from Rapport, uh, we are a service provider. So the restriction that we have is that our clients have restrictions on who we can employ. So we're completely dependent on them allowing us to um, recruit ex-offenders. That's that's the main one. For homeless, I don't think there's an issue, uh, but we do have certain restrictions contractually.
7: Yeah, and I think that's understandable. Greg, you're used to dealing with employees in this sense, aren't you?
5: Yeah, I mean, we work with a contract caterer that looks after all the banks, so they can't take ex-offenders, although I found that pretty amazing, so I thought there were probably more to <laughs> in there than there were in in place. Uh, but if you just want to do homeless, then you just, you just do homeless. But that's it. Now, we have a, a major hotel where, in all fairness, the head of security is saying, I don't know about taking ex-offenders because I think they could get blamed for something they don't, aren't going to do. Someone will see it as an opportunity, and I don't want to put them in danger. So, you know, I think if, you, if you're like Alex, then you can go across the broad spectrum. If you're just saying you want to take homeless, then don't ignore the homeless just because you can't take the others. Yeah. Lady over there. I, I don't I need a
1: mic. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm Nicola from Universum.
4: Um, we like, work um, with k and some of the employer brands stuff. One question I've got is, if you're a homeless person, how aware are you that these charities even exist? Like, how
5: would that person know that there are opportunities out there? That, that's a really good cool point, because when I, when I first started this, uh, my son-in-law goes to the gym a lot. Um, he became very socially conscious and wanted to go and help all the homeless people as he walked home from the bank. They won't actually know about only a payment away because if you say to them, contact only a payment away for a job, then you're getting someone straight out of a mm-hmm. doorway. And that isn't fair on them. And it's happened to a guy in the north who took someone out of the doorway and then he got pillared because he couldn't get a national insurance number uh, or a home or anything like that. And he, he sort of backfired. What happens is, is they're homeless and people report them. They go to a thing called Street Link. Streetlink then find the outreach teams in each area. The outreach teams go and get them and get them to the likes of some Mungo's and Crisis. Crisis then put them through all the, you know, have you got an addiction? And we had a guy, didn't we, uh, with yourself, Abby? You know, liter- and he's, he's open. He went on Sky and talked about it. A litre and a half of vodka a day he was doing. Sky getting through that addiction. Uh, Crisis getting through that addiction. Well, Sky probably got him through the addiction as well. But, <laughs> but Crisis going through the addiction. And then Crisis say, he's ready to return to work. So for those who are in doorways, then you just give them, pass them through to Streetlink, and it's a fantastic service. Because there are some that can't be rescued. But what they can be done is they can be looked after and protected. And we can take those. And if we ease the burden by taking those that can be rescued and give them a chance in life again, that allows crisis to spend more of their money on looking after those that have found themselves in a, in a sort of a no way back, but to make life more palatable. For them. Anyone else?
6: like to share anything more i don't I, I can share an, an example of um of where i've kind of come up against a few barriers and i'd be interested in your take on this uh, uh greg but um I, I work for Marriott international so we're, we're massive and um in terms of uh, the coming out of america there's a very negative connotation about taking ex-offenders they literally will not will not touch them um and that governs a lot of the policy of what we can work with and you mentioned that there's um an exclusion list of crimes and this is where i've come up against it um because i've had uh, i i went i went to hmp high point in cambridgeshire um met someone there and they wanted to become a caterer and have their own catering family in the long run but they wanted something while they were on Rottle. and i had a canteen commie chef position that's still open and really <laughs> i don't if so a perfect marriage here but um because of his offence, um which was which was kidnapped um they weren't able, we weren't able to take him. So, have you come up against anything like that? And what sort of how how do you navigate around those serious serious offences?
5: Yeah, I mean, and Alex would have dealt with it as well. Uh, we we do have an exclusion zone. So yeah, there is one company won't take terrorists. Uh, Kidnapping is one. Uh, we've got one company that's talking to someone who's come out after murder because mm-hmm. they looked at the stats and they said it's no 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 no. 001 that they'd do it again. Uh, His view was that he had a couple of board directors that he could cure the 0.1% and get over it. But we don't take arsonists because of insurance. But I I think that on the whole, when you go and you meet these guys, that's a small proportion. A lot of them are like Alex said. They're they're guys and and women who grew up in the wrong area, uh, got a a rough throw of the dice. Uh, And all I'd say for your company is Come into a prison visit. Come into a prison visit or talk to them in the panel or, or get to Social Pantry and meet them. And that just changes your perception. Because I, I, I was, if you're homeless, I gave you fibre, do the crime, you do the time, and you're in the military, or well, you travel the world before war comes along, off you pop and defend me. But this is, you know, the systems are broken. And we've got a recruitment crisis. Uh, and they're not all like that. You don't have to take those people, but it, it's very much like someone who's classed as a sex offender. You know, and we've got a, we've got an employer who says if it's someone who's had a relationship with their partner because they thought they were 16, not 15, mm. he sees that as stupidity. So we will say that person is really the, in the exclusion zone, but they're not sort of a full, you know, a serial rapist or something like that. Would you say
6: that in that
5: case it's more of a case-by-case case basis then, based on... Yeah, very much so. So they will say they're not in the exclusion zone, or if they are, then we would say to the employers... Look, they're in the exclusion zone, but the example I give you is, and he doesn't want it being talked about, we've got a lad who was coerced into collecting for a terrorist cell. I think he collected about £2.50. But he was caught with the gang, with that group, and put in prison. And he's been working with the DWP up in Norfolk for six months. And he just wants and that's away from where he was collecting the money. He just wants another chance. Yeah. And then he said he was in that housing estate, and he was picked up and As one gang member said to me in HMP Isis, you don't want to be a victim of the gangs, but you don't want to be on the bottom rung of the gangs. So if you've got no other opportunity, you get up that succession ladder as quick as possible.
2: Yeah. I
4: think also just trust probation services and the prisons and the people that sentence them. You know, ultimately, if they're coming out of prison, it's because they're safe. Um, They've done their time, and that's really not for us to get involved in um and they're being released into society and ultimately we're here to to help and offer a chance we're not here to help them with addiction or i don't help with housing which is one of the big problems but you're just offering a job that's literally what you're doing you're just offering a job and you're saying okay well i appreciate you've done that time and you might you know you that's been your last few years or whatever it is but ultimately you know he's fit he or she is is fit to be released into society so you at that point as an employer um, are offering a, offering a job, and that will ultimately prevent reoffending. That's that you know. That's why we're all doing it is to help the environment we live in, and you know, to educate and rehabilitate and help contribute towards all of that. I wouldn't focus on what they've done too much, other than with, like arson and things like that with your insurance. But it, ultimately, that if they've come out of prison, they've done their time.
2: Can I just add something? Um. So you, you talked about the exclusion zone of, of, of um, offences. So I, we also sat with them, the teams and came up with kind of the things that we personally would find difficult to, um, to, to work alongside. Uh, the other thing, and I don't know if this is uh, correct to mention or not, so someone kick me if I'm wrong, but we, uh, I also Google because I want to know exactly what a member of staff is seeing about that person. Um, And when it's reported in the press, it can obviously, it can be quite, um, quite sensational. And so I just want to make sure that, and it's not, and it's not, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say no to someone if it was very sensationalised, but I just want to go into it with my eyes absolutely open and be able to have spoken to that person about it. Um, and, And yeah, and just to be, yeah, eyes open.
7: I suppose, Jamie, as well, from a corporate point of view, if you're talking about head office, how to convince them they may not be able to meet these individuals or come into the prisons or talk to anyone else. Perhaps some of the stats we've been able to share today about how it makes you more attractive as an employer and makes you more appealing to customers, at least in the UK, might help
6: that conversation. Yeah, if I ever if I get it approved to go to Washington,
5: I'll <laughs> Yeah, we go anywhere. <laughs>
0: OK, what I would like to ask you, each of you, one top tip, one please, sir, uh, for employers, for the uh, assembled employers here who want to get involved, one top tip, what would you say?
1: Um, just just give it a go, if you haven't done it before, come into a prison, come with me, um, and just, it kind of humanises the process, I think, if you actually see the people. Um, so, but yeah, that's my top tip. <laughs> Uh,
2: talk to your team and make sure that they are all on board and, and just make sure they're asking all the questions and make sure that you're asking all the questions, no questions stupid. Um, I think there's lots of um, uh, untruths certainly relating to ex-offenders, um, are, you know, kind of growing up on the bill and all the rest of it and you, you, you mm-hmm. know, apparently you're never meant to ask what someone's in prison for, um, but i found that actually not to be the case at all and, and and certainly when you're you're in in the prisons for recruitment first um we're, we're actually encouraged to say hey why are you here and um so yeah but definitely talk to your team and, and just then just make sure you're asking questions
3: um i would say if you're looking for someone to start i think only a paper is a great place to start um but if you're kind of contacting charities directly i would always Uh, something I always do is ask about aftercare because that's like really really important well to us anyway um, and to Only A Pavement Way so ask about what after the care they provide as a charity to the employee, um, what their kind of structure is for aftercare and um, what they can offer um, that employee if they do face troubles. Um, As you know you'll get that already through Only A Pavement Way but if you are going direct that is something I'd be really like um, quite thorough with basically.
4: Um, oh, God. Um, I think if I can do it, you guys definitely can. For sure. Trust me. Um, and just try. Just
5: try with one person. Literally, just try one person, see
7: how
5: you get on. One top tip. <laughs> Be patient and, and do it properly with the structure. That's what you've got to do. And, and I think if you're in doubt, then don't necessarily talk to me. Talk to Alex, who was there a long time before me, and, and talk to. Abby and Bella and Mel and Janine's in the audience uh, and the team from Gaucho's in the audience, talk to them because they will give you the truth. But uh, you talk to me and I, I just want to seduce you to do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
7: <He's> <laughs> panel, thank
5: you very, very much for joining us today.
0: <laughs> I'd like to thank our panel for their contribution and to everybody who attended. I hope you found the discussion useful. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at caterer.com. That's caterer, D-O-T-C-O-M. Likewise on Instagram. And don't forget to check out our blog, which is blog.caterer.com. I'm Lance lottner Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.